Welcome to the Basilea Hollywood Podcast, a community of friends committed to the message and practice of Jesus and His Kingdom. And he invites us to actually talk to him about um, all of it, about all our disappointments, about our rejection, about betrayal, about all the stuff inside of us that we'd rather not talk about or be aware of. Um, We are invited to bring that to the Lord, talk about that, invite him in, and be in a full-on freaking relationship with the creator of the universe. And this uh, deep relationship, this intimacy with God that is for all of us, no one is excluded, it runs throughout the veins of all of Scripture. This is what, uh, this is what our faith is about. It's about relationship. It's about intimacy with God. So I'm just going to, um, I'm going to read some excerpts from some psalms uh, just to give some examples of the wide spectrum of emotions and experiences uh, that are fair game to have in a real relationship with Jesus. Uh, so things, like I said before, things like disappointment, sorrow, betrayal, Suffering, shame, fear, and I'm not just talking about uh, with other people, I'm talking about with God. Uh, Psalm 13, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long must you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will an enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemies will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praises for he has been good to me. That's from Psalm 13. Psalm 22, I'm going to go through these quickly. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. My God, I cry out to you by day, but you do not answer. By night, I find no rest. You probably know this, but if you don't, the Psalms are the songs of worship for the people of God in the Old Testament. They also talk about joy and trust, longing and hope. Psalm 42, as the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you. I was going to make a joke about pants, but we'll just move on. Um, It wasn't going to land. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go? When can I go and meet with God? Psalm 63, you God are my God. Earnestly I seek you, I thirst for you, my whole being longs for you. 
In a dry and parched land where there is no water, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. Just a couple more. Uh, Psalm 84, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord God Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart, my flesh cry out for the living God. And Psalm 139, for you, God, created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before even one of them came to be. And the final scripture I'm going to read, um, this is from the lips of Jesus himself. This is in Matthew uh, chapter 11. Jesus asks, are you having a real struggle? Come to me. Are you carrying a big load on your back? Come to me. I'll give you rest. Pick up my yoke and put it on. Take lessons from me. My heart is gentle. I'm not arrogant. You'll find the rest that you deeply need. My yoke is easy to wear, and my load is easy to bear. That's from the New Testament for Everyone translation by N.T. Wright. So, what is intimacy with God? It's, it's close relationship with Jesus. Affection, confidence, confidentiality, familiarity, friendship, understanding, affinity, communion, experience, inwardness, knowing, to know, and to be known. Yes, God already knows us, but that's not the same as us sharing ourselves with him, which is what he longs for. Can you believe that? God longs to know what's deep, deep down in your heart, below the surface. That's exciting. Knowing about someone you know, what we've heard, we all fill in the blanks. When you see someone, you fill in the blanks, right? Dreaming about that hunky guy you saw on the beach. <laughs> just, be, just be with me in the weirdness right now. Um... And dreaming and thinking. That's different from knowing the person. <laughs> how, many, I don't, I, how many times have you seen someone, you fill in the blanks, 
you assume, and then you meet them, (laughs) and they turn out to be way different than you thought. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I feel like this might be a good amen. If it's true, you know, you could say amen, but if it's not, amen? Okay, amen. I don't usually ask for an amen response, but it felt natural to me. Um, So this is uh, intimacy with God. Why does it matter? It matters because it's why we're here. I probably said this before, Henry Nouwen, um, in a book, he said, imagine drawing a very long line on a piece of paper, and then imagine yourself drawing a much shorter line on top of that long line, and the long line represents eternity, before you were born, your whole life, and then after. And the small line represents your life here on earth. And I don't mean that as like a bummer. I mean that as like, why are we here? What are we doing? I ask myself that like all the time. What am I doing? Who am I? What's my purpose? And our purpose is to know Jesus and to be known by him. That's our calling. Now, of course, all kinds of fruit will come from that. But we can do a lot of stuff. But if we don't have that deep connection with Jesus, I don't know. It matters because of identity and purpose. We each have um, an identity in Jesus Christ. We are the beloved sons and daughters of God. We are way more loved than we can actually imagine. And in this fallen world, we, whether we, uh, whether we know it or not, we see ourselves through the lens of ourselves. And all of the words and the experiences that we've had throughout our entire life have shaped us into the people we are and have fed into, for better or worse, how we actually see ourselves. And I bet that the way God sees you is way different than how you see you. You know, on a personal note, uh, I went from seeing myself as a piece of trash that needs to be thrown away, discarded, useless, And I had a major depression because of that. Major anxiety. That, because of how I saw myself and who, who I thought that I was, 
I was on the road toward suicide. Thankfully, I didn't get there. That's another story. But what I can say is that I've gone from seeing myself as a piece of trash that needs to be thrown away to a beloved son of God who is worthy of love and belonging. Imperfect, but worthy of love and belonging. And I'll tell you, a huge part of that journey for me has been silence and solitude. Carving out space during my week to allow Jesus to speak to me, to allow myself to be honest with myself and honest with him, and to allow him to answer the question that I am asking, who am I? Who am I? I can't, I can't stop thinking about this. Who am I? I know what everybody else thinks or what I think they think, <laughs> but who do you say that I am? I want to know that and I want to live from that place. Nellie, would you, would you come up and share? I thought it'd be great for Nellie to just share maybe a minute or two about how um, God has spoken identity over you and how that's affected maybe how you see yourself, how you see God, and also maybe how that has uh, maybe practically, if that's changed anything practically for you um, in how you connect with God. Sure. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that God's spoken to me over the years, especially most recently, it's kind of like a reminder um, for me to remind me who I am and how he sees me, is he said to me, you're an athlete. Please don't forget it. Like, get reconnected with um, yourself as an athlete. And for me as a kid, I grew up playing just like every sport you can imagine. It's weird being an adult, right? Because I think a lot of us had this experience. You grew up playing sports, teams, competitiveness, and then as soon as you finish college or high school or whatever, it doesn't really exist anymore. I mean, it does, but recreational fun as an adult is very different than competitive sports as a kid. That's what I've experienced. So just recently, um, I've experienced this through various different ways, but the most recent example is um, I, I played golf with my dad two, weeks, two weekends ago, two or three weekends ago, and it just made his day, because I grew up playing with him. He had me out when I was three. I have really adorable pictures. And <laughs> I do. And growing up, I was a very competitive golfer. I, you know, I was a state champion. It paid for my university, all these things. And I pretty much haven't been playing for a million reasons. And so I played with my dad. And I, I had this revelation. And I feel like it was from the Holy Spirit before I went out to play. And it was, I need to not... Um, put my clubs on the golf cart and, and ride the cart like everyone else is going to. I need to carry my clubs and walk like I used to all growing up as a competitive golfer. And this literally did something inside of me. As I was carrying my clubs down the fairway, it was like the fourth hole or something, I realized I feel taller. I'm walking with a different kind of dignity. It was really interesting. It's it a very similar experience to when I was um, running a lot, and I really haven't been anymore, but trying to get back into it. 
but back when I was training for marathons, and as I was in my later, you know, like mile eight, nine, ten, I would experience myself as feeling like much taller. And I would hear the Lord say, yeah, you're really tall in the spirit. I want you to experience yourself as I see you. And I felt this on the golf course. And it's been a really sweet thing because I feel like God is reconnecting me with who he made me to be. And it's all through the sound of his voice. It's just a sweet thing. Thanks for sharing, Nellie. So God has the ability, the wisdom, and the power, and the authority to speak identity over us. And so the question becomes, how do we do this? How do we do intimacy with God? Is it easy? Is it complex? Is it going to take more than a day? You know, what do we what do we do here? <laughs> yes, it's going to take longer than a day. It's going to it's a whole it's our it's our whole life, right? It's our whole life. Um so how do we do it? Uh one one idea and this is uh something that we actually see Jesus doing quite often in the Gospels, in his life. Uh, We see this, for example, in Luke 5.16. Jesus often withdrew into the wilderness to pray. And I don't think for us to become more like Jesus, we have to go to, like, the actual wilderness, whatever that may actually be. I'm not sure. Uh... But I think, you know, I guess my question maybe today is, what's your wilderness? What, what is the wilderness that God is calling you to in order to cultivate your intimate relationship with Jesus? Um, what's cool is that God knows us, as, as Nelly uh, exemplified. He knows what to say to her. To help her engage in a way that actually helps her grow and know herself and know Jesus more. So it might be, there's not one way. Um, I think typically, you know, probably a lot of us have heard, uh, you know, you just, you go into prayer closet and you open your Bible and that's, that's kind of the only way to do it. And that is certainly a way and like we do really need scripture because uh, um, God speaks to us through that. Um, And um, there are other ways to, there are other ways and contexts that we can put ourselves in that seem to, for whatever reason, I think it's the way God wired us, that sort of open up our inner heart space and make it maybe a little bit easier to be honest and vulnerable with God, to, to communicate with Him, and to hear His voice. Uh, you know, one thing for me uh, is sound. 
when I hear sound, uh, mu musically speaking, um, it's like that thing where if I hear a certain sound, or, or, or it'll just kind of strike me, and it'll feel like oxygen is being pumped into my spirit, and it's like, God. God is real. God is alive. God is glorious. God is beautiful. God is majestic. And God, I want to know you. I want to know you. And it just kind of opens me up. I don't know why. But that's, that's my thing for whatever reason. For you, it might be running. Okay, not, not for all of us, but for some of us. Uh, it might be running. I read this quote, I, I think it might be from uh, the movie Chariots of Fire, if you guys remember that, um, where the guy says, when I run, I feel the Lord's pleasure over me. Swimming, painting, music, just being outside, being on a specific chair. I don't know, maybe you got a prayer chair. Maybe it's real comfy. I don't know. Uh, maybe being in beautiful spaces like a museum or just like a really beautiful church. Like my, uh, my uh, appeal to you would be, if you haven't found it yet, experiment and explore. Try different things so that you can find your wilderness. It might just be being in nature. And so we develop our intimacy with God in solitude and silence, which could be in a prayer room, but it doesn't have to be. Um, and it also happens in context of community. When we get together, and we pray and we worship. Basically, we, we seek Jesus together. He shows up and he says things and he does things uh, that help us to deepen our intimacy with him. And a lot of times it's surprising. In fact, uh, Jerry, you want to come up and, and share? So I just, I'm just going to set this up. Yeah. Uh, so Susan and I used to live in a house in West Hollywood, and you know we got a piano in there, and um, a few of us were gathering. I don't know why we did this. Uh, I forget if there was a specific reason or not, or if we just did it, but uh, we would show up like once a week, and the purpose was to worship. That was it. And in the midst of one of these times, um, Jeremy had an experience, and I'll let him talk about that. Yeah, it was, I think it was just Jaws, Sue, Troy, and I, and then our friend Brittany, who used to come around here. And we had just finished worshiping. I, I don't remember why we did either. It was just a random afternoon. It's just a random afternoon. We got together and worshiped. And at the end of it, we kind of just waited, as we maybe often do after a worship session, just kind of hanging out in the presence. And as I sat there, I just felt this little 
bubbling up, which is the perfect way to describe it. I've heard people say it before, but it didn't make sense until I felt it. And it's just this little thing that bubbled up all the way, and when it got out, it bubbled over as, <laughs> as that. I just started giggling. And I was kind of like, okay, I like to laugh in life, so maybe I'm, I don't know. I didn't, it wasn't connected to a thought, but it just started happening, and this little thing, thing started bubbling up, and I started laugh, giggling. And it was kind of like, Okay, I mean, there were five of us in this room, and it wasn't one of those, because sometimes I've been around people who are experiencing laughter from the Lord, and you kind of start laughing, you're going, am I doing this because it's just when someone else laughs, you laugh? Or is, am I doing this, you know? We're just sitting there in silence, and this thing starts happening, I start laughing, and I kind of go, <laughs> just, and I just felt really soft and subtle and just like joy, just like little bubbles of joy. It was not connected to any thoughts or anything. And so I sit there, and I'm just kind of, just kind of giggling and kind of thinking of, okay, do I suppress this because I don't want to be the guy who's like trying to be the, ah, ah the Lord is on me, ah, you know, trying to like, <laughs> and so, but I'm too worried about being that guy, so I'm kind of like, okay, just let this be, and it sort of just keeps happening. I start giggling, and either Troy or Suze, I don't remember, goes, Jerry, what's going on? And I was like, I'm kind of just like, I don't know, I just, and it wasn't even like we ended on a happy song, it was just the presence and quiet and this started happening, and I just started kind of like just giggling and laugh, just joy literally just started coming out in the form of laughing, and then I started, and you kind of asked what was going on, I was like, it just feels so like gentle and sweet and like, oh, this like, <laughs> like I don't even know what it is, but I'm happy, there's joy, there's something, you know, and then I started crying because I remember saying this, that it felt really considerate. It's like God was just going like, here, I'll just give you a little bit like, because I also know I, I had been kind of scared of being like a, a weirdo manifesto Christian guy. I don't know, flopping. It was like God was kind of like, I know you're a little bit scared maybe, so here's just a little bit. Try that out. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like, thank you. This feels so nice. <laughs> thank you. And I just remember going back and forth between crying and laughing throughout that day, and we just kind of prayed. And it was really sweet. I think about that time often, and that was probably four or five years ago. So that's all I'll say. Thanks for sharing. Let's give him a hand. Let's stand. Are you guys familiar with Dr. Brene Brown? Yeah. She's kind of in the pop culture. Um, if, if you're not familiar with her, she is a research professor at the University of Houston, where she spent this past 16 years studying courage, vulnerability, shame, and empathy. And uh, she, she's done one or two TED Talks, um, and one of them is like one of the most, uh, is one of the top five most viewed TED Talks. Uh, so just a lot of good stuff to say about relationship. And um, essentially what she says is that connection, relationship is what we're wired for. And shame unravels that connection. Uh, shame is the fear of disconnection. Um, and it, it's, it's that question we ask uh, consciously or not about ourselves. Uh, is there something about me that if other people knew it or saw it, that they would think I was not worthy of connection? Is there something about me that if other people knew it or saw it, it would make them think that I'm actually not worthy of connection? 
and they would go away. Uh, and then we start asking those questions about um, whether we are enough. You know, I'm, and we start maybe either questioning or even just saying, you know, I'm not enough. I'm not fill in the blank with whatever's coming to your mind. You know, I'm not thin enough. I'm not um, smart enough. I'm not funny enough. I'm not, I mean, fill whatever. I'm sure there's lots of things <laughs> that we could fill in with that blank. But this idea that, you know, I'm just not enough. And she talks about how vulnerability is actually how we connect with other people. And she found that the difference between folks who have love and belonging, like are able to accept that, believe that they are worthy of it. Uh, and that those who don't believe that uh, they're not. Uh, and she, she basically says we are imperfect and worthy of love and belonging. And I'm going to bring this back around to our identity in Jesus. Because of Jesus, what he's done, and who he says we are, we are, yes, imperfect, and yet worthy of love and belonging, which makes the way for us to cultivate a deep uh, knowing with him. And so, if you feel comfortable, open your hands. This is just a posture we take to communicate to God, I'm open. So, Spirit of God, come. Come and wash over us. Come and fill us up from head to toe. Let us become aware of your closeness, of your presence. Allow us to hear what you're doing and what you're saying to us right now. So speak, Lord. Speak. Whatever you want. As we were praying before the service today and asking God what he is doing, um, one, one word that came up for me was the word frail. And to be frail is having delicate health, not robust, 
weak, easily broken or destroyed, fragile. Morally weak, easily tempted. My sense with that is that there might be some of us here today that, I mean, we're all frail, but you might be in a place where the Lord is maybe putting his finger on that, or you might be just in a spot in your life where you, you are very connected to your frailness, to your fragility. Maybe something happened in, in a relationship that was really painful. And I think the Lord wants to heal uh, some wounds that are maybe um, standing in the way from you connecting with God on on a deeper level. Does that does that make sense to anybody here right now? If so, just go ahead and slip up your hand. We just we'd love to pray for you. So if everyone could just I think everyone's eyes are open. If you could just take a look around. If you're standing near someone who is raising their hand, um, maybe just like two people could pray for each person. Is that okay? And if if it feels too uh, like fragile, um, I'll be up here. Suze will be floating. <laughs> and when we pray for each other here, um, our posture is we want to come alongside what God is doing. And so this is not the time to give advice. This is the time to invite the Holy Spirit, make space for the person who's receiving prayer, and making space for, uh, for there to be encounter, interaction. And at some point, uh, this is really important, just check in with the person being prayed for. A simple, how's it going? How are you doing? Uh, is really important because I don't know if you've ever experienced uh, getting prayed for and someone has this crazy something uh, and it, it just is not at all connecting with you and then they go away feeling amazing and you and you're sitting there feeling like maybe even worse <laughs> so it's really important to check in uh, with the person so let's go ahead and pray just pray for God's healing <laughs> 